It's Friday, November 3rd. Happy Friday, everybody. The return of the one and only Riley Davis. If you hear any, like, I don't know, applause in the background, that's Theo Davis just rooting on his father, triumphantly cheering a huge return. Uh, we're so blessed to have you back on the show, Riley. Congratulations and welcome back. I appreciate it. I don't know if you can hear Theo now, but he's uh, a little fussy. And I'm just going to say... This might be a generational performance by me if I can somehow get him to fall asleep while on this podcast. I'm trying to give my wife a break, let her go to sleep. So, yeah, I'm working with him right now. He's on my lap. You can't see it in the the, the YouTube video, but I got a nice little cradle going right now. Um, but, yeah, it, good. It, 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 if anyone can make it work, I think it's you, Riley. And he's probably not fussy. He just knows that I'm on the other end of this call and he probably wants to get his little jabs in like he <laughs> like he knows how to do. But just go ahead and go to sleep. You can give me another time, Theo. It's all right. Hey, Natalie actually told him he had to be nice to you. Like, I'm not lying to you. Before I before I got on this pod, she told him he had to be nice to you tonight. Respect. Someone the wildest thing here to me is that you are trying to put him to sleep while podcasting there's just no like if you do that that's an insane like sports center top 10 moment i just don't see how that goes hand in hand as a fellow I'm, father i mean it is called sleepers so <laughs> it's fitting we could okay. just start singing lullabies should we do like a lullaby hour to start the show i only know one lullaby what's your lullaby that you know lullaby go tonight go to sleep little theo your starting point guard is Pax and Wojcik. That's all I got. <laughs> it's pretty good. I'm not going to lie. Uh, all right. For the sake of time, we're doing this the night before. That's our new rhythm. We uh, coerced Riley into this. Riley wanted tomorrow morning. But the team player that he is shows up with his son in tow. And uh, we get this done for the people. But because we've been doing nighttime episodes, it's taking me forever to edit. Like, I'm just up to, like, 2.30 in the morning. So we're going to get right into the episode. But I see that Carter is once again doing some sort of dinner bit. This looks like a Bell's beer cart. What do we got here? Yeah, it is. Uh, it's something that caught my eye. It's Bell's Oberon Eclipse. It's a citrus wheat beer. Uh, I was buying some toilet paper just before we go to New York this weekend. Uh, to watch my wife on the marathon and i was like i saw it at the front counter and it just kind of ca caught my eye so thought i'd buy a little six pack and have one while we record tonight are you trying the first sip right now mm -hmm. give us a quick little review mm. that is honestly delicious like truly and i'm not an oberon guy either it tastes completely different than oberon i saw oberon eclipse and i was like huh this is really good Okay, I love the original Oberon, and I've been seeing, I've been eyeing the Oberon Eclipse, but I've been a little bit afraid that it's too different from the original. Hold the trigger. Not an Oberon guy? No, I think Oberon stinks. The only reason I support it is because, well, I used to support it because, you know, uh, people that I know used to work there, but uh, once once they were done with it, I was done faking. Like, I like Oberon. I think it's <laughs> absolutely overrated. Yeah, so what Cart's alluding to is my wife used to work at uh, Love. I didn't want to. You told me not to dox you. I meant like not where I live, not where my wife used to work. That's a very different thing, sir. <laughs> okay, uh, sorry. It's okay. Yeah, my wife used to work at Bell's. It was great. We got a bunch of free beer. Uh, coincidentally, I got a lot healthier when she stopped working at Bell's. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I'm glad that looks good. I also want to just quickly fixate on the fact you said you're going to New York. 
So you were out buying toilet paper. Were you buying toilet paper to bring to New York or were you going to have like a bathroom emergency between now and when you leave for New York? Well, I just knew it was on the last strand before I left. So like if anything went down tonight, which it was bound to go down tonight uh, based on my dinner, I don't got to really let y'all know that. But uh, I, I knew I needed a full roll at my arsenal. It was bound to go down tonight. That's oh, the line. It's those magnesium mocktails. That's what's keeping you. That's what's keeping you regular and probably a little too much. So probably. Riley, Riley claims before we clicked record that he's been keeping up on the show and he was going to drop some tidbits early in the show to let us know. Magnesium mocktails, I suppose, is one. Do you have any others that you'd like to allude to? Yeah, I got a couple because look, I'll be real. When Theo was born, uh, I kind of went off the grid for a couple of weeks. I feel like that's that's justifiable. I wasn't really listening to any podcasts. Uh, last week when I wasn't on the show, there was uh, some 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 implications were made that I wasn't meeting the sleepers halfway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when this is this is a trifecta that I'm fully invested in. So first, I wanted to say again, I take the high road. I'm a man of integrity. I wanted to give a shout out to Cart. Because I think it was in a show last week where he mentioned that he gave his point guard a pep talk who wasn't shooting free throws well and that he became a 90% free throw shooter. And it was just kind of glossed over that cart literally helped a man like go from a liability at the charity stripe to a 90% shooter. So, um, I mean, future career in coaching or something like that, that's special right there. That's the first thing I wanted to say. So, uh, I appreciate that. Kids at home, make sure you remember that Cart has real ball knowledge, has real experience. I think you'd be, thing, a, you'd, you'd be a better motivational speaker than you would be a coach. I just want to say that real quick. Do you agree with that? Me? Yeah. No, because like once someone didn't buy into my motivation, I'd be like, well, just give up then. <laughs> if you, I mean, if you're not going to buy into what I'm spitting right now, then just go ahead and give up because I'm not here to convince anybody. I'm here to motivate. Mm, okay. All right. Continue. Yeah. Second thing. Uh. I got a prop for this one. Wow. You it's got the, the you have you have the guy shirt. <laughs> it's the same Caleb Love shirt that guy has that guy wore on this podcast a couple of days ago. And I just wanted to say I had no idea that guy's mom went to UNC. When you combine that with the fact that he has a four six GPA. Uh, let me tell you, there's nothing more than Carolina students love talking about than their high school GPA, especially their first two years of college guy. I don't know what year he is in high school, but there's a very real chance within like three years, he's going to be a student at UNC and me and him are going to be doing live shows at the Dean Dome after UNC games, breaking it down. So keep working, keep working hard, guy. Keep working. We're not as we're not a school podcast, but like we need you to keep those grades up so you can be in Chapel Hill. I would be so proud if that ever happened, first of all. Um, and second of all, I'm just realizing Riley's correct. We aren't a school podcast. Does that mean, like, did we give Guy a roster spot just to raise the sleeper's GPA? Is that what we did here? <laughs> I mean, I mean, speak for yourself. I went to the Harvard of the Midwest, and I graduated magna cum laude, cum laude from uh, Albion College, so please respect me. Is it laude or laude? I like saying laude because it's, like, a little, little fancier, but I'm pretty sure it's cum laude. I think it's loud. That's loud. how they're. G Wizzy, do you ever do you ever get any cum loud, magna cum loud, summa cum loud? No. So my whole academic career could be summarized by uh, Kalel Ware's career path. Like I, I was extremely talented academically and did not put the effort in. Too much of a head case. Respect. Yeah, it is what it is. Um, yeah, I mean, it worked out. I was uh, like, I wasn't a bad student by any means. I think I was like a three five type GPA guy, but uh, 
really. That's like right around where I was, I think. Yeah, three, I four, say, wow, somewhere three, in that five, range. Three, five, what? Three, five by coasting? Wow. I mean, that's, that's, <laughs> I don't, I don't want to go like all mathy here, but like if we do want to pull out ACT scores, I can get my Kevin Sweeney on for we, a moment. We've already done this. We know that you got a higher <laughs> ACT score than me. Okay? I just, uh, just, yeah, 3.5, not great on my scale, you know? Is what it is. Okay. All right. Here, here, here we are. Uh, do you have a YouTube comment today, Carter? I do. Sorry. And credit to you, Riley, because you do. Not only were you listening, you were. Well, I guess you could have got some of those clues by listening, but you must have watched if you saw the Caleb the Caleb Love T-shirt. Then, right? Are you more of a YouTube? I was. I was listening, but as soon as I heard Guy mention a Caleb Love shirt, I pulled up the YouTube and fast forwarded to where I was in the podcast to to get a glimpse. Okay. And I had to see the the Walker Kessler comparison too with the with the appearance. He definitely looks more more Kessler than Cooper Flag. <laughs> I that's what I that's what I said. All right, let's see here. Um, because of that Purdue and Grace exhibition episode that we did, we got a good fair amount of Purdue comments. So I think I'm gonna pick one from that. And I think I'm gonna go with this one. I've been telling Purdue fans, I'm one of them since 2000 that Gillis has to be a three and first the four and Edie the five Smith and lawyer have to learn to ball, learn to ball handle. Whoa. Alongside the other three. I've also been saying TKR has to be a backup five for Edie Morton, Lance, Colvin, Heidi are the reserves. And the reason I brought this up is because it actually got a lot of traction. It had a lot of replies on it. And one of the replies was as a Purdue fan, I don't know where the narrative came from that, Smith has to be better than lawyer. Lawyer has to be better than Smith in order for Purdue to be great. Call me crazy, but I believe that Smith and Jones should play off the ball and lawyer should come off the bench as a spark plug. That really took a turn that I didn't expect. And he says, also, I've never been big on TKR ever since the 6'3 center at my high school held him to 10 points, LOL. A lot to unpack there, but there was a lot of, I brought it up because there's a lot of back and forth in the comments as far as where people are at on Purdue. Some people are like, uh, TKR is not going to work. Some people are like, I want Gillis at three. Some people are like, Gillis at three won't work. Where, what? I don't know if I'm ready for this Purdue turmoil. I might have to sell my stock, Greg. I know you've been holding on to yours, but should we sell a good portion of it? There's a there's way too much going on for my liking right now. Um. Yeah, it, so it scares me here. Like, even we were exchanging some DMs with uh, Purdue people that we really respect. We'll leave their names off the podcast this time. Um, I, they like I didn't. I just didn't love what I'm hearing even privately. It's like like I think the exact quote was: "We brought Lance Jones in to make sure we don't lose to a 16 seed." I'm like, we are we're way off the plot if we need Lance Jones to not lose to a six. Like you have Zach Eady. It, you're going to win in March because you have Zach Eady and because of what Braden Smith do, not because of whatever your fourth option does. And Purdue doesn't know who their fourth option is, and that's okay right now. But it's definitely not great. It's scary. Um, it, it does feel like when you compare how their fans are reacting to the early signs of their team compared to others, they don't know the answers. Like they're, All the dialogue is guys that aren't their national player of the year. And everybody has a different guy they want to see win the battle. And that scares me a little bit because that probably means nobody's right and uh, they should all be terrified. Riley, what's your take? Like, have you seen any of the Purdue drama? Are you are you worried? I, I was a little worried they lost in the exhibition game to Arkansas just because, like, 
I think Arkansas has a lot of questions with how they shoot offensively. I wasn't expecting like Layden Blocker to look like a SEC freshman of the year contender against them. Um, yeah, y'all hit on the turnovers of Braden Smith. I think it's kind of a ludicrous take to say that lawyer is more important. I feel like Smith is the one who makes it go, and he just has he's just so much more dynamic on ball. Um, yeah, the Jones bit, like, I don't know. That dude, he seems so insignificant. Like, you gotta get Colvin involved. Like, that's if you if you want to, you know, not let what happened in March happen again. Add that dose of athleticism. Stop prioritizing. Like, how long has Jones been in college? It's, it's been there for a good minute. What is this? Like a fifth year and like the six one volume shooter. Like, yeah. Give it. Develop the young guy. Right. Even, that pays I, I think March. Sorry, I don't mean to cut you up, Greg. I think you made the point yesterday that I think sums it up for me. They need to look at Lance Jones as a David Jenkins type, not a problem solver type. Like mm-hmm. the, they need to figure out who is going to be between Heidi, Colvin, and Waddell. You got three choices. One of them's got to be the best choice right now. To me, it looks like Heidi is the best option at that spot, and I think you just got to play him the majority of the minutes at the three. And at worst, you're going to have an athlete at that position who has the size and athleticism to do some things and add some things to the other players around them. So, to me, it seems easy uh, and also not fair to Lance Jones when you think about it either. Like if you, if I don't think Lance Jones came in to be the answer at the three, I think he just came to play with a winning program and mm-hmm. maybe play some play with the other guards on this team. I don't necessarily think that he came to be the problem solver at the three, but I, I mean, who knows though? That's just me speculating. Yeah, when you have the 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 best player in the country, you have a safety net to where. I think it just makes more sense to go with the young guys and hope you can develop them than a, a fifth year guy who's just there to try to win, you know? Yeah. And he'll yeah. serve another role. Yeah. I've made fun of North Carolina this offseason, as Riley knows, but to me, this would be like if Carolina fans got to the first week of the season and were gassing up, like, oh, like our ceiling just got raised exponentially in March because Paxson Wojcik is here. He'd be like, no, no, it's not. Like at, at the minimum, you guys are like, it's Elliot Cadeau. He looks generational and he's coming off the bench, but by March, he's going to be great. Like mm-hmm. Purdue's not even doing that anymore. Purdue's just like, yeah, this transfer role player is the key to our season. Like, <laughs> ah, that, that really scares me. Um, all right. Thanks for that comment, Cart. Thank you to Purdue Nation, though. I will say, uh, obviously, we've had some back and forth with fan bases this week. I think all of our Purdue dialogues have been pretty well-received and just respectful back and forth. Like even people that disagree with us um, seem to be pretty cordial in the way they're engaging with us. So that is much appreciated. We did have a clip today that was kind of blunt about how concerned we are with Purdue. And uh, a lot of good dialogue came out of that instead of like, you know, really animosity filled Twitter threads and uh, subtweets and pigs and lipstick. So I appreciate that. That's really good news. Let's go to the discord where uh, we have some comments from our lovely discord members. Uh, once again, community is growing here. I believe we uh, have finally crossed the 60 paid members mark, which is great. Uh, join now before the season. Cause I'm still figuring out what I'm going to do with my daily picks, but it's probably going to route through the discord in some form. Uh, let's get right into them. Trent Frazier is goat starts us off today. And, uh, we're continuing the Luke Goody conversation. He says the only reason I used high school stats is because Luke only played like 10 games last year due to injury. I see what you guys are getting at, but he didn't play much his freshman year either. I'll give a more detailed approach here. Cause I really want to defend my guy, Luke. 
This is all on basketball reference. He's logged 388 minutes in his college career in 38 games. That's about 10 minutes per game. 13% usage rate, 53% true shooting, 2.5 threes attempted per game in his career, 38.7%. Carter, are we coming around on this at all with Goody, or is this argument a dead end for you? I mean, I, I respect this argument. I respect the numbers. I respect the ability to type in bballreference.com. I just got, I want to see it. Like, I'm going to watch a lot of Illinois games this year, and I think Goody's going to get his fair amount of chances. And if he hits shots, great, play him. But if he doesn't, it's looking like other guys like Damas deserve to be on the floor to hit shots. And they have maybe have some other guys, even, I mean, I don't even know, uh, maybe even Gary a in that spot could be a guy who can knock down shots. Uh, I think right now it's a year of opportunity for Goody. Like if he hits shots, he's going to play. If he doesn't hit shots, not going to play. Like really simple for him. Uh, so I guess we'll see. He's one of the guys I believe in as a shooter. I think I brought up the other day, like Ty Berry, even though the percentages don't match up, I believe in that kid to knock down shots. I believe in Luca to knock down shots. Now it's just a matter of if he does it or not. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I don't know. To me, there's like, there's guys who say they can do something and then there's guys who do it. And Luke Goody right now is a guy who says he can shoot and everybody says he can shoot. Then go make shots. Like it's, he's been on a couple teams that could have used a guy who just makes shots instead of says he can make shots. And I get it. He's been hurt. That's difficult. Injuries are part of the game. Like I, are we confident he's going to make it through a season healthy? And right now he was supposed to start this year, right? Like a week and a half ago, Luke Goody was penciled in as a starter. And then we got to the exhibition game and he's coming off the bench and Quincy Gary is in the starting lineup. That wasn't expected. So uh, once again, just a guy that we kind of need to see. Theo agrees with me. That's lovely. Jack MCM. Welcome to the Discord. First of all, Jack, he says, how would you rank the Power Six conferences this year? That sounds like a great question for Riley Davis. Wow, Power Six. Uh, I guess you probably still got to go with the Big 12 as number one. I don't know if I fully Whoa, agree. whoa. You don't, I don't know you don't if I fully, I feel like I don't know if I fully believe that, but it's just like history's on its side. I'm just like, I'm getting lower and lower on Kansas by the day, and I feel like Kansas carries some serious weight for that league. Is there a second team in the Big 12 that's not Kansas that you like more than the third best team in the Big, Big East? I mean, yeah. I mean, maybe than, Texas. Than any, than any, I was going to say that any of the three. I teams? like to, I like Texas better than Marquette. For the Big East right now, I have UConn and Creighton, and I'd take Texas over Marquette. I think yeah. that, I think for me, the fall off in the Big East after that third team is exponential. And I don't think that, that, uh, Damn, that dude just got rolled up on. Sorry. I don't think that the uh, the fall off in the Big 12 is as bad. Like, you you go down the list of the Big 12 teams, like, who's in that fourth to, like, sixth range? Like, Kansas State? Kansas State is blowing the doors off of a Xavier, a Georgetown, a uh, – I, I don't know what other teams I'm missing. DePaul. Like, there's some really bad teams in the Big East. Butler's I, awful. I, Butler. I guess. I guess. I guess. We don't know. There's a lot of unknowns, I think. I I think the more known factor to me is the three teams of the Big East are b- better than Texas. I, like, I, I think that's a little bit of a stretch. We like Texas on the show, but like Marquette was fringe top five in the country most of last year. UConn defending champ. I'm taking – I'm definitely taking Houston over Marquette too. I keep forgetting about Houston. I like Houston way better than Marquette, dude. Like that, it's a it's a formula that works year in year out. Like, doesn't matter who's on the team; they have guards that can create, and they have dogs in the front court who are going to get a ton of offensive rebounds, foul you nonstop. But it doesn't matter because you're not going to score on the interior. 
Yeah. I'm probably. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I think right. I'd go. I think I'd go Big Twelve, Big East. SEC's got to be three. I think SEC is three at the lowest. SEC. You think SEC? Where you put the Big Ten? You put them before the ACC or after? Yeah, for sure. Big Ten still before the ACC. Oh, hold the phone here. Who's the best team in the SEC? One of Arkansas, Kentucky, Tennessee, or Auburn. And I like all four of those teams a lot. Okay, all four of those teams are like 15 teams behind Michigan State and Purdue. I know, but like, again, after after Michigan State and Purdue, you have Ohio State and Maryland, who I think will both be – those are Ohio State, Maryland, Illinois, who I think will all be really good this year, should be tournament teams, but – I think they're less proven than both Arkansas, Tennessee, and Auburn are as far as like from a what's a coach what's what's proven about Auburn this year. They got Bruce Pearl who has a final four on his resume and like gets him to the tournament pretty much every year. Yeah. Bro Broom's gonna be a first team all SEC guy. Aiden Holloway's gonna be a lot of fun. Katie Johnson. I think a lot, a lot of fun doesn't mean proven top 10 team. Like, Illinois is right in the mix with Auburn. Auburn has a lot of guys coming back, I feel like. They it's got a good, it's Broome, a good team. They but got they, Katie they, Johnson. Purdue's in the Big Ten, dog. They got Jalen Williams. Okay, that's one. It's a whole conference. Stand up for your team, Cart. It's a whole conference. I'm fine with it. <laughs> All right. All right. So, we've just admitted that the Big Ten and the ACC stink. That's where we're at. Where's the Pac-12 I mean, in this? Pac-12 is last. Yeah, Pac-12 is last. <laughs> I don't like this. I don't like this energy. I feel ganged up on. Uh, guy says start bench cut. Riley Davis. Guy Dion Hill Ford. Cart, you take that one. Um, starting Riley. I'm benching Dion and I'm cutting Guy. My answer is a little bit different. I'm starting Riley. I am benching Guy and I'm cutting Dion because Dion would understand and support anything I do. Honestly. <laughs> I think anybody else I cut would feel a little upset. Dion would be like, yeah, that made a lot of sense, bro. Good move. Uh, Good move. Good call. Travis Nelson says, mentioning Purdue struggles other than Edie and Smith. With those two back and some others, why couldn't have Painter gotten a badass wing in the portal? That's a good question, right? It's not one I can answer. I don't know why he didn't. Remember when they were supposed to get Nigel Pack until NIL didn't work out? Imagine this team with Braden Smith and Nigel Pack, dude. Crazy. 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 Yeah. Purdue's a weird one for transfers because you never know how much NIL they have. I think they certainly had to put a package together to keep Zach Eady for another year. And uh, obviously they were successful with that, but it's just hard to tell what's real and what's not with the rumor mill and how much Matt Painter is actually like aggressive for the top tier guys in the portal over the Lance Joneses. It's hard for me to read. G Boo 4 says regarding the MSU minus 15 and a half line on opening night, I feel like they covered this line on like previous year's teams because of how talented our second rotation is. When we're up 25 with eight minutes to go last year, we were rolling with freshman Coop, Kohler, Holloman, and then Jason Wittens. I think we will be scoring and defending a full 40 minutes. I don't expect to see any of that late game slipping that we may have had in previous years. Your thoughts, Cart? I actually like that point a lot, and it's not something I did think about, but at the same at the same time, I think that the, his point sounds good, but there was a lot of close games where guys like Hogarth and them were playing a lot of the game. And they really couldn't pull away. Uh, I, I might I might be a little off base here, but I will agree with you but that it, if we do bring in bench guys, there's guys that I think are going to have a lot of fun and hold the lead or increase the lead. So with that said, I'm still on James Madison plus 15 and a half, but I see what he's saying. Okay. Uh, nah, I think I don't know. I haven't looked over James Madison's season preview, but they I feel like they beat up on really bad teams like they're going to 
beat some, they're going to blast some teams by like 30 or 40 and just run them out of the gym, but they can't do that against high majors. I think Michigan state covers that. I'm with that. I, uh, yeah, I like the Michigan state side of this for sure. I also like Tom Izzo's comments today. He came out and said, uh, the, the explanation for Xavier Booker's low minutes was that he was late to team shoot around or, uh, or a meeting or something, whatever the game day stuff was. He just showed up late before the very first game of his career. Uh, one hilarious two maybe indicative of where Xavier Booker can be mentally sometimes three, uh, Good to know Izzo wasn't just going to play him eight minutes a game, if not for that. He's acting like Booker will be a bigger part of this rotation. So he also said, Cart, uh, this deserves a longer conversation sometime next week, but he said he doesn't intend to play any player 30 minutes on this team. My coach, generational liar. <laughs> generational. <laughs> I'm glad you, uh, you, you're willing to say that, Cart. Meg B005 says, since you guys started hyping up TKR, Trey Kaufman ran in the offseason, and him starting alongside Zach Eady, I've been doubtful about how that will work. TKR and Eady on the floor together doesn't work the same way playing Travion Williams and Zach together didn't work. It just looks so clunky out there. I much prefer Gillis or first starting alongside Edie, although I know that will technically lower Purdue's ceiling overall. Uh, yeah, through two exhibition games, I think that's a really fair point and something we missed on in the offseason. You, you agree, Cart? Yeah, uh, honestly, I've been feeling pretty bad about my breakout big takes. Like, I, I wasn't moved by TKR. I wasn't really moved by Malik Renault. Um, And it's, it's, it's kind of disheartening. Because I, I was I had a lot of invested into those guys having breakouts. Um, but I I just don't think TKR is ever gonna have the chance to break out playing next to Edie because it just doesn't fit. And also I'm starting to have worries that will it will he even break out if he is that guy? Like if I'm a Purdue fan, I think a lot of them were looking forward to like next year, Zach Edie leaves, TKR has the keys at center. That looks scary to me now. <laughs> like I don't know if I actually want that. Uh so yeah, it's a little disappointing. I thought he'd be I thought he'd look a little better so far. Uh, a lot of season left to play, but definitely uh, a little bit disappointed with his play so, thus far. I'm not selling TKR stock. I'm holding right now. Uh, it's been very, very clunky. I think when we get to real games, talent could shine through. Some guys may look better against worse competition. Some guys I think will look better against better competition. TKR is the type to me that will shine when they're in a dogfight against a really good team. We'll see if I'm right. We'll see if I'm wrong. Uh, Traveling Gonad is back. I got to meet Traveling Gonad, by the way. That's what this comment is about. He says, I am both hurt and saddened by the comments made by Greg Waddell regarding the fateful darts game that occurred on Saturday, October 21st at the Roadhouse Pub. I feel like Jaden Epps getting blamed by three points per game, Ty Rogers, for the team's late season struggles. Greg would be a perfect fit for the toxic Illinois locker room. Let it be known you would think this man is allergic to chalk with how little he marked up the scoreboard. I want to thank all of the fans who have stuck with me through these trying times, and I will be back better than ever. Hashtag gonad out. Uh, yeah, I stand by my comments. Uh, I appreciate this comment from gonad, but uh, I mean, if we're just doing like box scores from the darts game, if we lost 15 to 12, I had nine of the 12. You can, you can add it up. Not a math podcast, but I got um, I team game. Is a team game. Our team lost because our team had a guy who couldn't hit a 19. <laughs> what do you want from me? I mean, uh, I was allergic to the chalk, though, not in a sense of like I couldn't put a score on the board, but I just didn't like 
doing the chalk. It was getting all over my fingers. So <laughs> wasn't a good time. But we did take a tequila shot traveling gonad. In fact, I did uh you were gonna buy me a drink because you're such a nice guy. And I was like, dude, you pay for the Discord. Let me buy you a drink. So uh shout out to you. I miss you. Your fantasy basketball team was elite. I'll meet you at Roadhouse Pub in like two months. Uh, Bryce is in the building. He was uh, getting a lot of flack for the way he makes waffles. See, this is what you miss in the Sleepers Discord, okay? Just like wholesome conversations like this on a daily basis. Bryce has some background on the skillet waffles, for those who don't know. The method was passed down from his aunt to his dad to him. That was just the way they made their waffles growing up and passed it down to us. Randomly, one day I get informed that Tyler, the creator, popularized it. But my family has been doing so long before he ever made a record. I only mentioned him because it's a popular video, but I urge everyone to try their hand at skillet waffles. Riley, have you ever heard of skillet waffles? I have not, but I'm pretty darn good at making waffles. I'm going to throw that out there. Make them from scratch. Yeah, he's talking about taking an Eggo waffle. Instead of putting it in a toaster, you put it on the skillet. Oh, I respect that. I respect it. It's just like, why? Just throw it in the toaster. Yeah. Just Just let it go, Bryce. It's like a waffles, a waffles, not the flattest thing, right? Like, I feel like if you're cooking something on a skillet, you want it to be pretty flat so that it actually like cooks the entire surface area. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I guess, I mean, it's pretty, waffles are pretty flat. But if you put a waffle on a skillet, it's not getting into the squares of the waffle, right? Mm -hmm. Which sort of Mm. defeats the purpose of eating a waffle. Yeah. Your crispiness is going to, it's not going to be uniform. Yeah. Well, th- well, that's why you just buy a mini TikTok. You buy a mini waffle maker off TikTok, and you just you make the you make the batter, and then you make it in the waffle maker. Yeah, that's what I that's that's what I'm a proponent of. And making waffles is so easy. If you make your own batter, I promise you, you will never buy store bought pre boxed batter again. Wow, that's a little pro tip first. from from your boy uh, Bluffs. I think we're a cooking podcast now. If you <laughs> yeah. like, he Riley loves the Bluffs nickname, doesn't he? he does. I do love it's, the Bluffs nickname. It's, it's kind of so fire. Great. It's kind a of really fire. good nickname. <laughs> Booby is back in the chat. He has a uh, double for today because can, can I can I stop you, Greg? Can I stop you real quick? The first player is Justin. I, I believe it's Puigs Pegs. JP uh-huh. JP Pegs. JP Pegs, really good player. Hit that shot last year from Furman. We're not reading that second player. I looked it up. He's not real. Are you serious? Second player is not real. Actually? <laughs> Actually, I looked at I I typed that name into Google and I did not find a player. <laughs> he tried time. to get us. He Hold tried to get us. I give you so much credit for deciphering this because I 100 percent would have just read it. Nope. He made it up. <laughs> Can we read his name? I I I I've copy and pasted it into Google. Hard, he's bar. real. I just googled it. He's real. For real? Yeah, he's on the Iona basketball roster. Yeah, yeah, this guy's real. Oh, he played at Stetson the last four years, and now he's at uh, he's at Iona. This is a real player. The player is Weza Panzo. That's a real name. Weeza Panzo. He says, this is my deepest grab so far. This is booby speaking, of course. Panzo just excites me for what Tobin Anderson could be cooking over at Iona. He's a grad transfer from Stetson. Shot 47% from three. The, the research checks. Cart, you said you Googled this. I Googled it and immediately found Weeza Panzo. Yeah, I got no comment. <laughs> I thought I had him. What a plot twist. Booby, uh, you almost had us, but I think you have us in a mental pretzel anyway right now. Jonah Freeman, um, 
Yeah, jo- Jonah Freeman's here helping out Booby. He says a good friend of mine's a player for Stetson. I can confirm that Weeza is legit. You thought there was this whole conspiracy in the Discord trying to get you, Cart? Yeah, I didn't even read that part. That's all I mean. Two different witnesses. Fam has a comment on Bluffs Friday. He says, can we get a State of the Union on hashtag Bluffs Friday, given the shift in show release times? Hashtag Big Breezy. Big Breezy himself. Do you want to comment on the, the change in recording times? I'm here. I will be here. You're not a system player. You are the system. I am the system. That's a great quote. That's a great line. That's such a bar. That's such a bar. Another question specifically for Bluffs from Fam. He says, what's your go-to celebratory meal? Oh, great question. (laughs) First thought that came to mind was like a lobster tail or something. And I feel like that's very on brand for what Fam thinks of me. (laughs) Uh, The more blue collar meal would be buffalo wings. Like, like I would any any buffalo wings or like from a certain spot or your own like uh I mean there's a there's a place in Chapel Hill called Four Corners that has really good wings that would probably be my go to in the area there's some better places in Charlotte though when I'm back home I thought for sure you were gonna say you hand batter your own wings and that's the only way to do them I mean I've I I've made wings on the grill before grilled wings smoke them a little bit it's different and I am I'm pretty good you. at doing I'm yeah. with you yeah. go sit. Riley's at the top of my list of people I would like to like go to their house and be treated to a meal from them. Oh, anytime. If if the boys come south for a, a college hoops to go, you know, you know where to find me. Do you hatch your own eggs? I do not. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what type of question is that, man? No, I just I, I, I like picture. Like, do we have waking, chickens? I, I literally, yeah, I literally picture myself waking up in the morning. I get a stretch, I go hit the nice coffee maker. And, you know, Riley's playing with Theo. I look at Natalie, I'm like, hey, Natalie, good morning. And she's like, would you like some breakfast? And I'm like, you know, I am a little hungry. I could do like something. She goes, oh, just go grab a grab a, grab a couple eggs from the from the coop out back. I'm like, oh, OK. And I just go <laughs> pop a few in there. And she makes me a nice scrambled eggs. I Wait. will say she has like thrown the ideas out before of having chicken. So you're not that off base. Yeah. She's she's a vegetarian environmental studies major who is one with nature. So I think that's sort of been a dream of hers to own land and have chickens, <laughs> which is very different than me. I'm way more bougie than that. But you're you're this deep in a Davis household fantasy that Riley's wife, Theo's mother, is making eggs for you. Well, because Riley's busy with Theo. I just I have so many follow-up questions about this. Cart, you had a guess where Bluffs would have his celebratory meal at. Do you want to speak to that? Well, it it was a joke, Bluffs, just throwing this out there. But I thought you would go to like a Denny's or like a Golden Corral to like humble yourself, but also like just eat with normal people, but like have a nice little meal. If I was gonna pick a place like that, I'd probably go to like IHOP. Hey, IHOP slaps. Good choice. Do love IHOP. Uh, Craig, another question for Bluffs. Everybody is so happy the Bluffs back in the building. Uh, he says the timing on this admitted, admittedly got considerably worse after Riley skipped last week, but I still need his thoughts on this tweet. Uh, and then if you open up the tweet, this is a tweet from Alec Lewis. And I'm just going to read it word for word. Kirk Cousins said Creed was playing again pregame. Quote, it was good morale. Some of the players went to pray in the locker room. But before they turned the creed off, quote, Harrison Smith made a good point, Cousin said. He said, guys, this is the prayer. 
Um, as a man of faith myself, there's nothing more than I would love is to to start my day off with prayer and creed. So that might make me a well, no, I can't I can't jump on the Vikings bandwagon because I'm already on the Lions bandwagon. Come on, division rivals, but uh I respect it. I respect it. Still in staying strong with the Lions bandwagon thing. Oh yeah, one pride, baby. Okay, nice. Can't believe we traded for DPJ. Let's go. Michigan man coming home. <laughs> Basketball Jones wants to know from Bluffs, is it okay to take a date to the Cheesecake Factory? No. What? She will not be she will not be impressed. Menu's way too overwhelming. Y'all are both gonna leave feeling full and gross. Like pick a place better than Cheesecake Factory. That's crazy. I thought that was like a hint at the Drake bar. Like why you gotta fight with me at Cheesecake. No, it was actually a big social media discourse about taking dates to Cheesecake Factory and a lot of people felt the same way Riley did, which I, I can't get over. I mean, Cheesecake Factory safe, the huge menu. They're going to have something everybody wants. I've never been to a Cheesecake Factory. Of course you haven't. What the? F- is that like a crazy thing? Is it? Yes, man. I don't even we're, I don't know where a Cheesecake Factory is. Like where we're is going. We're going. We're going to one. It's actually one? not. It's, it's not bad food by any means. It's just the, yeah. the menu is enormous. And if you're trying to impress a first date, I guess like if y'all been together for a while, there's probably nothing wrong with that. But if it's a first date and you're trying to like, yeah, impress somebody, I, I'd probably be a little more creative. Can like two platonic friends go to Cheesecake Factory? Yeah. 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 That'd be fine. So like, can we are we going to go to a Cheesecake Factory card? I would love to. I would love to go to Cheesecake Factory with all you guys. Honestly, sleepers, sleepwalkers meet up at Cheesecake Factory might go up. OK, there are a couple uh, sleepwalkers events that are being organized behind the scenes right now. I know Koi is literally organizing one like he has a table reserved for a day and uh, multiple people confirm going on site. So that should be fun. Uh, final comment of the day is from Malik Perry. And I don't even think this is uh necessarily something we should read on the show but it's in the comment section so malik i got your back he says would you guys be interested in a fan segment at the end of the season i already have one in mind yeah of course <laughs> although with your mind i'm terrified malik yeah malik scares me more than anyone in the discord yeah in a good in a good way yeah there's like predictable scary people in the discord and then there's like total wild card scary and malik is wild card scary for sure yeah but there's moments of clarity with malik that are just special so uh, last thing from me to the comment section, just real quick, as we wrap the week here, uh, Booby, I I'm still stuck on Weeza Panzo. Like I'm I'm looking at his numbers, man. Uh, I feel like there's got to be a bar. Like we can't be coming in here gassing up dudes who have career scored eight points a game. We can't be doing that, right? Like that's not that's not the intent of this network. That's not the intent of the show. And I want to honor and read every single comment. But like Booby, can we get some better players if we're doing a player of the day? I don't need like first name all Americans, but like give me somebody who like has some redeeming quality and isn't just named Weeza Panzo. That, that name is wild. It's wild, but like I just I can't believe we're gassing up that like thoroughly average stats. So Booby, I'm a I mean the hot seat, you Booby. I appreciate all that you do. Your graphics look great. You put in the time, you put in the effort. The comments are fantastic. You're a great supporter of us, but come on. Give me a better player going forward. That's your challenge for next week, Booby. Uh, thanks to everybody in the Discord. You can join the Discord link in the description of every single video that we do. It's $9.99 a month. Join on a desktop. Should be a bounce back week for Sleepers Bets newsletter. That should come before the weekend. And uh, yeah, keep supporting us so we can do more cool things like host Bleacher Report streams, which there is another one Monday, by the way. 12 p.m. noon Eastern time. We'll be back in the BR app. This time doing our hottest takes. 
our boldest predictions for the college basketball season, which uh, if I'm not mistaken, may come into play right now in this episode because Riley Davis gets to take over the show. He has three topics and I have a feeling I might know what the first one is. Yep. First topic, which actually might end up being the whole episode based on how long we've been going. Y'all did 20 bold predictions a piece last week. So yep. I decided I had to follow that up with 20 of my own. So we'll go, we'll go through 20 bold predictions. Let's go. I, I want the point value system and everything. I want to join the contest. I'm inserting myself into it. So uh let's get into it. I wait, I'm I am doing veto power right now. This is the whole show. Sorry to uh, anybody. Yeah. Sorry to anybody at home. The way we did the special episode last week, it was the whole show. This is officially the whole show. It's Riley Davis takeover hour. Twenty bold predictions. Let's get to it. This is what Let's we wanted it. in the first place, too. Like this was this was the original plan for all of us to come with twenty. Oh, so like go. this 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 is perfect. Let's go. Yeah. All right. So I I sort of uh, categorized them like Greg did as well. So these first five, I have five NCAA tournament related bold predictions. Uh, I'll kick it off with some Mountain West talk. And I'm going to say for the second straight year, the Mountain West gets over the hump and gets the team to the Elite Eight, but it's not going to be San Diego State, not New Mexico. It's the Boise State Broncos. Wow. Mm. They're they're probably going to be like a 7-8-9 seed again, but they have Tyson Degenhart, who is just a, a matchup nightmare, can play the four, can play the five, can, can stretch it, has some guard skills. And they have pretty solid guards on top of that with Max Rice, Leon Sun. I really like their depth. I mean, I covered them for the Almanac, so I'm slightly biased. But they have they have legit athleticism on the wing um, that I think can keep up with a lot of opponents. Mm. Who's who's their guard? They used to have Shaver last year. He's not there anymore, right? Yeah, it's a kid from UC San Diego whose name is slipping me. But he uh, had multiple like 30-point games last year. Okay. And as, a, as a true freshman, as a true freshman. A true freshman. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you said elite eight. I can't give you a lot of points because you said elite eight. I feel like we can only get five for that, Greg. So how do we want to do the point system? Do we want you and I, we got to come to a consensus no matter what, or do we want to yeah. like give our own grade I, and then average it? What do you think? No, I think, I think me and you can come to consensus, especially because I'm, I'm very, very keen to just folding to you. No homo. Yeah. You are pretty convincible. Um, okay. Mm-hmm. I'm, Here's the thing. I would be okay with giving it five, but then I step back and realize the prediction is Boise State to the Elite Eight. Just like say that out loud for a second. He just picked Boise State to the Elite Eight. And we're going to give him five? You're, are you, okay. I guess you're right. You think it's seven? I think it's at least – I mean, Boise State's not going to the Elite Eight. No offense, Boise State fans. <laughs> <laughs> Dagan Hart and Rice are good. And so is Leon it's Rice. Ra- Roddy Anderson is the uh, the guard from San Diego. Who's look at look at his highlights. He was a f- true freshman last year. Super bouncy, good streaky shooter, but can get hot. So Roddy or Rob B. Roddy R O D D I E. Yeah, I'm in. Okay, that's definitely just a five. It's not a seven because <laughs> he's <laughs> that's, that 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 just sounds like a dude who could shoot you the second we get for sure. Uh, I'm okay with that. Yeah, five points. I like that pick. You're coming in hot, Riley. Good work. Are you tallying this, by the way? Because I, I am. I'm, yes. I'm tallying it. Oh, you are. Oh, if you want, I'm I'm good for either of us to tally it. But... Let's let's let Riley tally it, Cart. All right, I'll tally it. All right, second <laughs> second prediction. So second prediction also involves. Wait, 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 hold hold on. <laughs> are we okay? I'm good, bro. I'm good. I'm good. I I, I want my credit, man. I want my flowers. I can I give can you count. flowers. I can, I, can get, count. I, I know you can count. Do you want to count? 
No, Riley's got it. <laughs> let's let let's let card count. Cards counting. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> All right, second second prediction. Second prediction also involves the Elite Eight, uh, and this one's going to be about the Ohio State Buckeyes. I think Chris Holtman finally has his breakthrough, gets a nice little tournament run, and I like the Buckeyes to go to the Elite Eight at least, maybe even further. But I'm going to stick with the Elite Eight for now. Hmm. I like the Buckeyes, Greg. You're a Buckeye we, at heart. We yeah. like. I am a Buckeye. We like the Buckeyes. Mm-hmm. To we me, this like can't be. It, this can't be above. This can't be above. Uh, I think this is the team that goes to the second. Uh Elite Eight, though. It's. I mean, uh, if you think about it, that, that two seed team lost to a, a fifteen seed. Like, he's had some good teams that have flamed out to where I think maybe it's worth a little more than like a three or four. Um, okay, some food for thought for me on this card. I also want to officially make the rule that you have veto power on the numbers for the rest of the episode. So yeah. if we can't, if we can't agree to something at the end of the day, you get to make the call. Uh couple couple things. How close is Chris Holtman to our whole shtick ongoing of like who's their coach that we use to diminish a team in March? Because Chris Holtman never does anything in March ever. Yeah, he's he's very he's very close, but we love him. We do love him, but like you could use the shtick on Chris, right? You like, could. You very much, so you very well could. To yes. me, that that makes this a very bold prediction, even if you're high on Ohio State, because, um, yeah, he's just never done it. That would be shocking to me. Okay. How about? I'm feeling good on this one. I'm feeling a little bit lenient. I'll, I'll give right. How about eight points for this one? I like. I'll that. take it. I'll take never, it. He's, I mean, he's never been there. It's, it'd be the first time. I also have a theory that Riley's going to just have 19 predictions of teams to the Elite Eight, and then he's going to end up hitting eight of 19 <laughs> and feel really good about it. That's not true. Oh, that's my last Elite Eight one specific. Uh, this next one might be based in a little wishful thinking, but I have an inclination here. UNC with more turning wins than Duke. Ooh. UNC advances further. Talk me through that. How does that happen? I think UNC gets to the second weekend because R.J. Davis goes nuclear for two games at least. Uh, wouldn't surprise me if they did it as like a six, seven, eight seed again. Um, for th- there's something about this Duke team that feels to me like they're going to be really good all season and get like a two seed, but then flame out to a really gritty seven seed in the second round. Like I think Shire still has to prove it as a coach. Like, don't get me wrong. He, some of the the sets he ran offensively, the way he got his team defending last year was really good. I know I have my biases against Duke, but there, there's just some, some of the vibes here where it's like, I can't help that there's a, like my mind just keeps going to like where UNC was this time last year when everybody was gassing up our second year head coach uh, that played really well down the stretch of last season and brought everybody back. Like there are some weird parallels here to where I think Duke's not going to flame out altogether and miss the tournament, but it just, it wouldn't surprise me if they don't live up to expectations. Hmm. I must say I was very much impressed and I know it wasn't against a really good team, but Duke looked really goddamn good last night against against Pembroke. Yeah. Their defense was crazy. They look scary good, and I know it was against Pembroke, but I, I like I see the vision, especially them playing Proctor, Roach, and then McCain at the three. Like mm-hmm. that's that scares me. So I think I honestly think this is pretty unlikely. I'm kind of buying into Duke after that one little exhibition game, which I feel bad about. But at the same time, like even Flip was moving extremely well and looked better than he ever did before. So I would give this a seven because UNC is still good. 
but I think it's unlikely to happen. I'm fine with a seven. I would have had it around a six, I think, uh, which uh, is weird because I'm way more down on North Carolina than you guys are. So I should be grading on a tougher scale. But um, yeah, I don't know. I just I the tournament's fluky to me. If you would have said better regular season, I would have given you like 10 points for this. But yeah, tournament, anything could happen. Mm hmm. All right, next one, we're going to move to to one of Cart's favorite bits of who's their coach. Marquette is an eight seed or lower. They're a bubble team this year. There's always a top five team that disappoints. They'll still get in the dance. They'll still be solid. Omax is a huge loss, and I don't think – like they're banking on Joplin taking a leap. Um, they're banking on Cam Jones taking a leap. Like they weren't great defensively last year, and Omax was so important to them. I, and – is it possible we see a little Tyler Cola regression? Like that that's where I'm I'm standing at with this. I don't think I think Marquette's going to disappoint a little bit. Greg, you want to start with this one? Are we like are we quantifying what was the quantification of how bad they are? Is there one or is it just they're disappointed? Yeah. Oh, 8 seed or lower in the tournament. 8 seed or lower. So, uh, ha, I think the I wanna, biggest... uh, Sorry, go, go ahead. ahead, Greg. No, I want to I, I, I want to say I want to say 10. Yeah, yeah, that's nine or ten. I think it's nine or ten. I think Marquette's really, really good, and I think outside of the top three in the Big East, there's a drop-off, even though I think the Big East is great because I think those three teams are great. But um, I think they're all going to rack up a lot of wins against those teams. So, yeah, I'm perfectly okay with that. That's That deserves a lot of points. I'll be shocked. I'll be more surprised if that happens than anything else you've said so far. Yeah, ten. I think they could have a regression like you said, Riley, but the regression mm -hmm. will be – to like a seven seat, not an eight seat or higher. Like, yeah. So yeah. I, I'll give, I'll give you 10 for that. That's a, that's a bold one. Mm -hmm. And last one for the tournament predictions, PAC 12 gets five teams into the NCAA tournament. This one, I barely believe it's very contingent on, on Jalen Tyson getting a waiver. Cause Cal is my like surprise team. Wait, you're counting Cal as the 15 that makes the tournament. Yeah. I, I yeah, want to say <laughs> well, wait. Let's talk Ten. through. Let's talk through who the other outcomes are because he gave himself the out. He didn't just pick Cal to make the tournament. Right. He, I said five teams. He gave himself the out of the fifth team. So like Arizona, they had, they had four last year. Arizona State was one. They were playing though, weren't they? What'd you say? They were playing though, right? Yeah, but that's hey. Play we'll count it if it's field of sixty-eight. It counts. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So um, I I don't think this is that crazy at all because UCLA, Arizona, USC, Colorado should all be locks. And mm -hmm. then I think Oregon and Arizona State both have chances. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you're right. Utah that, Utah has a chance. Yeah. I, so I wasn't willing to go fully bowl with all the way with Cal, but I I don't know. There's something about the Golden Bears I want to buy into. Yeah, I think this is weak. I would give this like a two. I don't think this deserves much. Yeah, I'll go two on that. I agree right, with that. All right, I'll take it. I'll take and it. And I love you, Riley Davis. Don't get me wrong, but I think that's just going to happen. Hey, I swung yeah. for the fences with a couple of those. So I'll take a lower. Yeah, credit, credit, a lower. credit to you by throwing Cal in there to get me off my pivot. When I just <laughs> completely overlooked that the 15 could be like Oregon or something. Good, good on, good on you, but too big Mark Madsen guy, Riley. I am a big Mark Madsen guy. Is this because you like loved him when he was a Laker or something, or just you like him? I just, I just, I mean. 
who am I? I'm not going to fool anybody. I didn't watch a second of Utah Valley when he was there, but I just know that he elevated them and they had some good offenses. So I was going to say, I feel like there's a non-zero chance. You were like a huge Mark Madsen Lakers fan and had a Mark Madsen Lakers jersey. Yeah. Like you, like you were Mark Madsen for like three straight years from the year seven to 10 for Halloween. (laughs) Yeah. I could see that. No comment. (laughs) Moving on. All right, next next uh next category we have losers. So this is going to be uh teams that bad stuff is going to happen to. Uh, if that wasn't clear. So first one, this one really stings my heart to predict this. Kansas State misses the dance. Year 2 of Jerome mm-hmm. Tang takes a turn for the worse. It's already been Naquan Tomlin's gone. Arthur Kaluma doesn't live up to the hype and it's Tyler Perry and kind of a bunch of system guys that are not the system. Hmm. It's a good prediction, even though I don't want it to be true. Like it's just a good hearted prediction. Yeah. I think I would give this I give this a six because there's such a chance that Kaluma ends up being just what he is, like mm-hmm. one of the best or one of the better bad players, I guess is the word that Greg uses every so often with them. Uh, Naquan Tomlin was is a huge loss. I feel like people are just kind of brushing that over, and like his backup is like Will McNair, who really wasn't doing anything at Mississippi State. Had some good years at New Mexico State, I believe it was before that. Uh, so this is kind of likely. I think I would go five points on this one. I endorse exactly what Carter just said because he knows who Naquan Tomlin's backup is. That was honestly wild that you just had that name prepared and ready to go. Thank you. Will McNair? Was that what it was? Yeah, Will McNair. Never heard of that, man. That was incredible. But yeah, yeah ball knower. Yeah. Carter Elliott, ball knower. Let's not forget that. Thank you. Well, yeah. I'll give you five for that, Riley. I think five or I was going to say six, but I'll take a five. I think You'll five. take five and like it. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> the, the approach here is, well, I was going to say six. And you and I, honestly, part, we're ready to look at each other and be like, yeah, six is good. Six is fair. Like, <laughs> All right. Staying on the topic of missing tournaments. Virginia misses the NCAA tournament. That's because not not at least a three or a four. No faith in Tony Bennett. Uh, We're not a Tony Bennett podcast. Yeah, Yeah, that's not. Yeah, this this roster is kind of stinky. It's a lot of role players. uh, I'll give you. I'll give you a three because I like you, and that's being that's being that's being courteous. What's your right, I'll take uh, like, the courtesy three? <laughs> be, being an ACC guy, Riley, how like how bold do you actually think that is? Because the exercise is like to stretch a little bit and come up with some weird stuff. But some people like think Virginia is going to be really, really good. Do you see that? I mean, not? personally, I would get I would have given it a three or four. It's not my boldest. Um, just because I think this roster, I, th- I can't remember if I've said this on here before. Like the best Virginia teams have killers in the backcourt, whether it's Malcolm Brogdon, whether it's Kyle Guy, whether it's Ty Jerome. Um, even London Perantis could do some stuff that like no one on this roster is going to do. They have long-term pieces like Isaac Manili can get there in time. Andrew Rohde maybe gets there, but like they're still young and they're not really shot creators, at least not yet in Rohde's case. I think he ha- show- has that potential, showed it at St. Thomas, but again, the St. Thomas. Um, so yeah, I don't, I'm not crazy about this. I think they're like a NIT team who will, you know, be first four out or something. Hmm. yeah yeah i mean i i definitely think this can happen i really do i think uh 
this is closer to like a 50-50 to me than anything else. So however you want to grade that is fine with me, Cart. Like 50, so you think it should be a five? I don't know. I don't know if this scale is like perfectly applicable to percentage out of a hundred. Let's give it a four. Let me get my point back that I didn't get for the for the K State one. And no, you're getting a two. Yeah, we're yeah. I don't <laughs> like being negotiated to like that. Yeah, you're getting it. You're getting a two. And if I get some more like negotiation lip out of you, I'll give you zero for the rest of these, Mister. All right. All right, I'll stick with the two. Um, okay, next right. one. Can I get an Oberon check real quick from Cart? It, it's it's done. Okay, good. I was just going to hold you accountable because you always do that with my coffees. So if you hadn't smacked it already, I was going to, you know, try to just pull a little fast one on you. But credit to you. Thank you. Okay, moving on. This next one, maybe my second favorite of them all. Because um, this, this comes straight from Hatred. Uh, and because I, I think there's a very good chance it happens, but it's still kind of bold. Duke has a players only meeting sometime in January, and there is some sort of credible reporter or very strong, like Trilly Donovan or one of those anonymous type account rumors that it's a rookies versus the vets situation. Ooh, I love this. I Where love you have this like so Jeremy Roach is getting pissed off that uh, Jared McCain and Caleb Foster getting his minutes. And Ooh. Kyle Filipowski sides with the vets. TJ Power might side with Kyle Filipowski, which could look very problematic. Filipowski sides with the vets in this scenario? <laughs> yes. I'm going Filipowski, Filipowski and the vets against the freshmen. Are there any other, like, of the middle ground guys? Is every sophomore enough like, of what, like, like, what side does Mark Mitchell take? I think if you're not a freshman, you're a vet. Like, I think it's going to be this big freshman class starts having a little bit of beef with that, with like Jeremy Roach and Filipowski and Mitchell are both like, nah, we we're battle tested with Roach. That's our guy. Like we love y'all young dudes, but we gotta, we gotta have, we gotta have the captains back. And Jaden shoots like standing in the corner. Like, yeah, I need my minutes too. <laughs> okay. I do like Jaden, Jaden shoots sided with the, <laughs> Wait, in that situation is Jaden shoot sided with the freshman that needs more saying he needs more minutes. No, because the isn't isn't this scenario that the freshmen are getting the minutes or are the yeah, freshmen yeah, upset yeah. they're not Jayden, getting the minutes? The freshmen, the f- I think it's the veterans. Oh man, I didn't think this far in advance. I think, <laughs> I think the freshmen are the ones getting the minutes, and the vets are the pissy ones here. Yes, I, that's what that's what I was going for. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, in that case, it's a 10 out of 10 prediction for me, both in caliber, in entertainment value. And also, I think, I guess I wouldn't say it's like completely impossible, but I think it deserves 10 points for how audacious it is. Yeah, I, I think I'd go 10 on that as well, just because of how I think the Duke team is made up and operated. They don't strike me as the type to get out of line. That's like <laughs> that's against brotherhood. How does how does Shire handle that if that happens? By the way, like is he prepared to handle a locker room like that? I mean, I'll give him. He he, he has a break glass emergency button and it summons Coach K to the facility immediately, and he handles it. (laughs) Coach K is already there. His office is still in uh, is still in the practice facility. (laughs) Like a a floorboard just like slowly panels out and rises right up instantly. (laughs) Like, (laughs) hello, John. God, <laughs> uh, that, that was great, Riley. I hope we get more like that. Keep going. Yeah, next one. This is actually my favorite. Uh, St. John's has a scholarship player quit midseason. I, I feel like I feel like that's pretty likely. 
because they got so many freaking dudes who NIL is going to cause some issues. Patino's lost his fastball. I hate this fan base right now because they're talking, they're, <laughs> they're talking so much for a team that like hasn't been to the tournament outside of the, the first four in decades because they mm-hmm. stole Simeon Wilcher from us, like a, a top 50 recruit. Congrats. If I'm not mistaken, too, like in his uh, year, in his years at Ionia, like he was having players, Iona, sorry, he was having players leave. Like that happened. Like guys were unhappy. Um, so I could see it with a lot of more mouths to feed. You know, Soriano's getting all the touches. Dingle's maybe like getting his touches. They were promised this. When you add a lot of transfers, that means there's a lot of promises. I think this is pretty likely. I'd give it a four, to be honest with you, Riley, because I think it's kind of likely. Wow. Who's the player? If you guys both think this is likely and has a real chance, call the shot. Who's the player? Wiltshire. I think it's Ledlam. Mm. Good call. He already flipped his commitment. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like that. I think Ledlam's like, man, I was promised more than this. I left my Ivy League education for this, like to go to a commuter school in New York City. Like, I'm out. Okay. That was harsh by me, Riley. You get a six for that. You get a six. Can we, Car, can I make a proposal? Mm-hmm. If Riley wants to be as specific to say Ledlam leaves the team, we give him a 10, if not more than 10. If he wants to leave it at a St. John scholarship player, he gets six. Riley, I'd be willing to give you 15 points for Ledlam. All right, let's roll with Ledlam. Let's go with Ledlam for 15. Wow, we got a 15 wow. pointer. And now we also got Riley's game theory strategy if he were ever on Jeopardy and got the daily double. That was very nice. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Next next category we're going to move to is winners. Uh, Teams that good stuff is going to happen to. We're going to start in the SEC. I hinted at this earlier. I'm picking Auburn to win this league. It feels like they have this great front court that no one's really talking about between Jalen Williams and Janai Broom. They got a coach that's been there before and done it. Uh, Aiden Holloway is right in that range of freshmen that Bruce Pearl always thrives with, like the Isaac Okoro, Sharif Cooper types. And I haven't looked at their schedule, so bad research by me, but the SEC feels so like jumbled at the top. Any number of teams can win it, and I just I like Auburn's chances to sort of surprise some people and win it. Hmm. I like Auburn. I do like Auburn too, but I feel like that's a pretty bold prediction to say they're going to win the conference. Like that means they're beating out Arkansas. They're beating out Tennessee. They're beating out, I mean, Bama is in there too, Kentucky. Uh, hmm. I think I would give that a eight. And that feels a little bit harsh because I feel like it deserves a nine, but because I believe in Auburn, I think I'm giving it an eight. I'm I'm good with eight. I would have said eight or nine probably for the reasons you just said, but uh, I I alluded to this earlier. I don't think there is an elite tier in the SEC. I just don't. We did our power rankings and had Tennessee fifth, and uh, I think that was giving Tennessee a lot of credit after the Michigan State exhibition. They're, they're a good team, but there's a lot of good teams. They're like I think all those teams we just named are very good teams, and if Aiden Holloway is who we think he is, then – I might take Auburn. Like, I think the betting value would be on Auburn before the season. So I like the prediction. I think it's more likely than people would think. Uh, I'm good with eight points. Next one, we'll move to the Big 12. Again, hinted at this earlier. Give me Houston winning the Big 12, and I'll add another stipulation to it and say Jamal Shedd, Big 12 player of the year. I know he disappointed a little bit last year. Kelvin Sampson said as much in the Almanac that 
Uh, he's on the same page. Shed's on the same page that he didn't quite make the jump people expected. I like him as a post-hype sleeper. He's going to have the ball in his hands a lot. Um, going to have competition for points with like LJ Cryer, who's a bucket. But yeah, I think Shed, better defender, will sort of be the the straw that stirs the drink for a really good Houston team. Right, you're not saying that. He actually said like them. They're on the same page. They both said that. Yeah, I think it was essentially like that where Samson said something in the almanac about how uh, Shed, he might not have said disappointing, but it was essentially like Shed didn't quite take the leap that we wanted him to. And it seems like Shed is like admitted that as well was sort of the Mm -hmm. implication. Shed admitted that. Okay. Because you said player winning the conference and I don't believe that Houston is going to win the Big 12. I actually don't see a world where they, I think Houston is going to actually have a fall off this year with the joining of the Big 12. So if you want Houston to win the Big 12, I'll give you 10. If you want both as a stipulation, I'll give you 15. But Houston has to win, and Jamal Shedd has to win Big 12 Player of the Year. I'm good with that. You can choose. Mm. I guess I'll go conservative with this one and go 10. And uh, okay. take the points. Right. Or take right, the I'm, bumping it points. Down, I'm bumping it down to 9 because you took the soft route out. I'm kidding. You're getting the 10. <laughs> all right this one is going to be in my most like who cares bag but i care uh (laughs) ecu the ecu pirates finished second in the american behind it i'm i'm assuming that fau wins it but i think this is bold because i'm saying they finish above memphis and i low-key really like what they're doing in greenville i think i think mike schwartz has a good a good roster that he's assembling can you give us like a three sentence summary on what they're doing in Greenville? <laughs> they have a they have a big man named Ezra Sar who put up some numbers last year, true sophomore. They got a Kansas transfer, Bobby Pettiford, who was like a North Carolina legend in high school. Right. Um, I'm in. They got some. You, you, yeah. you had me at Bobby Pettiford. I'm in. Come on, five star kid from Kansas. He's out now. He's at East Carolina. Yes, they're purple. They're pirates. Bobby Pettiford's there. I'm in. So what, so what, 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 what's that what number? We this score. Yeah, what's that mean as far as score if you're in on ECU being second? Oh, Remember, I don't know. I, I mean, I still ECU's think literally bold. never been good at basketball. Yeah, I, I still <laughs> think it's bold. Memphis is good. Is R.J. Felton still on this team? Mm-hmm. Is R.J. Felton related to Raymond Felton? I just assume all the Feltons are related. That's where I'm at, too. I love this team. Uh, I don't know where that leaves us as far as math. We're not a math show. You're in charge of the math today, Cart. You've been doing a phenomenal job, by the way. Let me just say. Uh, this you. might be your hardest test yet because I'm in. I love East Carolina right now. I still think this deserves a 10 because they've never been good at basketball. So I'm with you on it. Is Didn't Tristan Newton play at ECU? Is that where he came from? Mm-hmm. He started out there. Gre- Greg, how do you know who R.J. Felton is? Uh, I'm on the Ken Palm page for East Carolina. Oh, okay. I thought you just pulled that out of nowhere. I was about <laughs> no. to be thrown. No, I, I don't, I don't okay. have the ball nolly that you do when it comes to like backup sixth men on teams. Okay. okay. I will I will give you 10 for that one, Riley. That's just just to give you a little recap, uh, you've gone 10, 15, 8, 10, and 10. So you're giving yourself a shot if these hit. Just let it be known. This could be a dog walking of us if you do, <laughs> if these do come through, because we didn't have this many tens and stuff. <laughs> All right, uh, this next one also hits close to home, someone who I wanted in Chapel Hill. It involves Johnny Furphy, and I'm saying Johnny Furphy replaces K.J. Adams next to Hunter in the starting lineup by mid-February. We've seen how that spacing doesn't work. We have our concerns. Johnny I Furphy have a gets theory. I have a theory here. Sorry to cut you off. Oh, no, you're uh, good. 
I'm I'm trying to balance how to say this because I don't want Kansas fans mad at me. But I don't think Kansas fans watch our stuff. I don't think Johnny Furphy is as good as people have made him out to be this offseason. I think there's a lot of volatility with guys like Johnny Furphy who come over to college randomly at the last minute. Uh, that it was like never really a plan for them to do. And then all of a sudden they're here. I like all the tape I've seen. The tape makes sense. He's clearly a good player, but um, I don't, I don't think he's ever going to be close to a top five talent on this Kansas team. And even if it's clunky, I can't see Bill self doing that. Hmm. Okay. Riley, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you a nine for this. And here's the reason why I actually think that Johnny Furphy is a top five talented player on this team, but he, if I could go back to our bold prediction episodes, my bold prediction would be that Johnny Furphy doesn't play for Kansas the whole season. I think like he call, I think he calls it quits. Like I think that Kansas maybe falls off a little bit. He's not getting the minutes he thinks he deserves. He's been having chronic shin splints, which I guess have been happening like his whole career. And like, they don't know when he's going to be okay to even hit the floor. And I think maybe he just says, you know what? I'm not going to deal with this in Lawrence, Kansas. I'm just going to head back home and just play overseas and then maybe enter the draft or something like that. So I think it's very unlikely that Furphy and please Kansas fans, just this is just me making a wild guess. I have nothing as a backing. This is just in my gut feeling, which is a lot of the times it can be wrong. I'll admit that, but I'll give you a 10 on this one because I, no, sorry, a nine. I'll give you a nine because I think it's likely that Furphy doesn't even finish with Kansas. So if you're saying he's getting more minutes by the midpoint of the season, then, uh, yeah, I'll give you a nine on that one. I just want to say I loved your prediction that Hunter is uh just not with the team at some point. I think that's going to happen. With I feel very confident someone with this Kansas team is going to like just be off the grid and is going to get reported they're not with the team for a mysterious, undisclosed reason. I love that prediction. And well, I, I mean that that already cashed. To be fair, when did it happen? Arterio Morris. Redacted, oh, true. Sorry. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. All right. We'll <laughs> clean it up with something more wholesome, uh, sort of. This is like largely a winner. Um, a little bit. Eh, I don't mean this as a shot. It might sound like it a little bit, but I think Caleb Love shoots 40 plus percent from the field for the first time in his career at Arizona, but also has a lower, lower assist numbers than he did at UNC last year. So he averaged 2.8 assists at Carolina last year. I think he's going to still be below that but his efficiency is going to go up and he'll shoot plus 40% from the field. Hmm. I think that's a 10, right? I mean, that's predict pre- predicting that Caleb love is more efficient ever is worth 10 points to me. Yeah. But like, uh, uh give me a refresher here, G. Cause I feel like I've, have you watched the Arizona exhibition, at least the Mac yeah. ball? They yeah, were incredible. Well, has, has Caleb been on the ball a lot or has he been off the ball? He's been on the ball in like a featured featured role yeah okay because i feel like if i'm if he's off the ball i feel like his percentages might go up a little bit but maybe the assist don't so that's the thing is he had i think he had seven assists in their exhibition game yeah he did yeah he killed Uh, you want to know how many assists he had in unc's exhibition last year greg how many was that a nine yes he's always passed the ball really well against like mid and low majors he looks he looks so like such a dynamic passer against bad competition. So that's my thing is like I don't I don't know if his passing and decision making has really improved that much. But 
because Tommy Lloyd's great offensive mind, really good coach, and he's going to get easier looks than he got at UNC, I think his percentages go up. And all he has to do is average more than 2.8 assists? Less than 2.8 assists. Oh, less. Yeah, I said less assists than at UNC, but his percentage is better. Oh, I'll give that a I'll give that a 10. I think he averages more than 2.8 assists. Can I throw a takeout that I think Riley's just going to quickly like get very upset about? Umar Bala is a better player than Armando Baker. That's not true. Yeah, I don't agree with that. I think you want to talk about a system player. Umar's I, good, but I, I think this Arizona team is going to fit way better around like having Caleb do everything. Than... Well, you could say that, but Armando Baycott is 365 days out of 365 days a better basketball player than Umar Bala. In the box score, for sure. There's no, been just this like just at basketball in, in the like box, there... in the box score. No, come on. There's a lie that's been propagated that uh, Armando is not a winning player. I know Macon, who's very active in the Discord, uh, very active on Twitter, who is a Duke fan, likes to say that. People forget that Armando gave Duke 23 in Coach K's last game in Cameron and then grabbed 20 boards against them in the final four on one leg. Like, Armando is not a losing player. He's, when he is on, like, when he was, like, his conditioning was great that year, his motor is really good, grabs literally every loose rebound, I know he doesn't like have a post bag, but we're like, neither does Ballo. And I think Armando has a little, I think he's got a little more of a handle than Ballo too. If we're going to talk about big men bags and stuff. Yeah. You had to qualify for that with when he's on his motors. Good. That tells yeah, you I, to know about Armando Baycott. Well, I think Armando, like Armando lost like 20 pounds this off season. I think he would tell you because he, he hurt his ankle last year, got a little out of shape in the off season and never fully got healthy. Okay. And, um, We'll see. I don't know. Hunter lost like 25 pounds too. He looks too small to score. He's not knocking guys off in the post anymore. I don't know. That's a good thing for a dude who's just SpongeBob muscles, right? Like that's, we want Armando Baycott skinnier. He, he looks the same size he did during the tournament run. When fellas, he was fellas, mobile. fellas, fellas, I'm putting my, I'm, I, because I have veto power, I'm putting the gavel down here. This is not about <laughs> Armando Baycott and Umar Ballo. Okay. This is about Caleb Love and I'm giving it 10 because I think he averages more than 2.8 assists. All right, let's move on. Another winner kind of ties into the tournament. Cincinnati, I barely believe this. Cincinnati is the surprise Big 12 team and makes the tournament. They need Aziz Bandego to get the waiver, but uh, yeah. I like like, a lot of players on this team. Yeah, I I do like like a lot of players on this team, and I like Wes Miller. You You got Seamus Lukosius? I do love Wes Miller. Do you have a reason why you love Wes Miller so much? You've always loved him. Well, I loved him at uh, I loved him at Greensboro, like I I loved him there, and it kind of carried over the Cincinnati team and like Landers Nolly. I, I like I liked Landers Nolly. I don't know if y'all realize like how lame of a school UNC Greensboro is and how uninvested that student body is in basketball and the fact that he like got them to multiple NCAA tournaments is special. <laughs> I can buy that. I mean, I like the names on this team. I just like. The more I'm hearing about like their exhibitions and the preseason stuff, it's like not exactly that's what's good basketball team. That's what scared me with them losing to SMU in an yeah. exhibition. Yeah, I I feel like I have to give this a nine. I think that's fair. Um, I I think this might be like a let me do a terrible Big Ten comparison, but shout out guy. I think this might be like. 
the Nebraska of a different conference. Like bunch of fun dudes, bunch of box score scoring fun types, but you add it all up. They like go to overtime with the number one team in the country once. And it's a fun little moment. And then everybody forgets about it. <laughs> I mean, remember when they beat Illinois in the non-conference in Wes's first year and it was like, Oh, Cincinnati top 25 team. And then no one heard from them again. Yeah. Yeah. Since he is a sneaky, great uh, all-name team this year, by the way, Day-Day Thomas, Jizzle James, like, they just got some dudes. I like mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Yeah. I'll go nine. Nine is good. All right. Last one. This is uh, everybody's a winner but me. This is God continuing to give his toughest battles to his heart to his – wait, what's the phrase? Y'all this know is God. Get, this is God giving his strongest battles to his toughest soldiers. Yeah, there we go. Uh, like I said, Duke flames out second round, but in the days following after the game, Jared McCain releases a TikTok of sorts saying, "I'm back." And Jared McCain is back for his sophomore season. Okay, I love this take. First of all, and I want to dissect it thoroughly, but I I would be lying to you if I said I wasn't distracted during it by the concept of Riley. Openly being a man of faith, a preacher type, a a man who really goes to lengths to spread the word of the Lord. And he didn't know what the slogan was. Well, because it's not it's not in the Bible. It's it's it's, like a cliche. (laughs) It's not only not in the Bible, Riley. It also speaks to the fact that you are not necessarily one of his toughest soldiers because you have not been given the hardest battles because you are Riley Bluffs Davis, my friend. And you will preach on the behalf of the Lord. But I can't believe you did not know that phrase. Uh, Okay, I I, honestly I didn't even hear the thing. I was so fixated on that. Can you say it again? (laughs) I said Jared McCain announces he's coming back for us sophomore season and it probably happens pretty soon after duke loses in the tournament i need a time frame oh man uh i love cartman uh, i I need one before july before july sometime in it happens at june in the the very latest in june i think this is gonna Mm. happen i think it's gonna happen you think he's coming back for a sophomore year he doesn't exactly like no disrespect to McCain, who I think is like one of the most fun freshmen in the sport this year. But like he doesn't have the profile of a dude who's going to have the numbers or anything to be like top 10 pick guaranteed. Right. Like it, a great year for Jared McCain to me does not look like, oh, he's seventh overall in the draft. It looks like yeah. he starts for Duke, has some numbers, gets picked like 24th in the first round. And we just saw Shire bring dudes who would have been picked there back. I don't know what's in the water in Cameron, but like. That wouldn't be surprising to me really at all. I kind of feel like that's the motion that's been set from Flip and Proctor now. So you think this is a 10? No, no I, think it's less. Be like I think it's three. less because I think it's going to happen. I think. Oh, it's sorry. Like, My apologies. Yeah, I think it's like a four. Ooh, four is harsh. Four is you harsh. So? You said it. Wait, Riley, you said it has to be on TikTok, right? I was just spitball. We could say it has to be on TikTok. <laughs> All right, this is a very serious exercise, and small details like that matter, my friend. We're All right, just it's just points. It's just going to be TikTok. Jared. Don't don't hold him to TikTok. That's hard. Jared McCain announces he's coming back for his sophomore season by June, by okay. June first, by June. Four 1st. is Third four is there. harsh. I'm pulling my veto power. I think he's leaving. I'm going six. I have a way more fun prediction than that. That uh, I know this isn't my prediction show. Tyrese not. This is not. You're starting to try to make it yours. Tyrese Proctor announces he comes back for his junior year. I feel like that's a 
That's a yeah, 10. No, yeah, no chance. That'd be a 10 if it's out there. There's That'd a massive 10. chance that Proctor isn't as good as everybody thinks. Yeah. I feel like he has his mind. It's it's it seems like both him and Filipowski have their mindset on like we're two and done, like this is yeah. national championship like, or bust. If, and if, if it doesn't work if out, they're we're good, if they are good or bad, they're going. They will get drafted. It's just they want to play mm-hmm. good and win championships so they can do that and get drafted high, but they're going no matter what. I think there's a world Proctor's not a first round pick at the end of this year. Hmm. That'd be that'd be bold. Unfortunately, we're not playing your exercise. Riley, on to your next one. <laughs> All right. These last Three, I have 17, 18, 19, 20 is a wild card, uh, are awards. And one of them, even there's even a subcategory of these awards called I'm pandering to Greg and Carter. Um, that's good. That's, that's, that's insane. <laughs> 17, Dalton Connect makes an All American team. Hmm. Just makes an All American team. Mm. I think there's too many dudes on Tennessee for any of those guys to be on an All-American team. I don't think anyone will have good enough stats. I think that'd be an eight for me. I thought you didn't love Tennessee's dudes, though. That's what what you talking about, me or Riley? You, I guess. That's why I gave it an eight. That's why I gave it an eight. I don't think it's going to happen. No, I'm I'm backwards on it. Then I'm I'm confused. I thought you don't think Tennessee's very good. You think their starting backcourt sucks. So if that was the case, it would be easy for Dalton Connect to be really good if he's good. I don't think it matters though, as long as the Scovian, Ziegler, Don, the burnt orange, or the Vols, they're going to be the backcourt that plays on that team, and that's going to take away from Connect. Okay, I'm I good with that. Can... All right. So what what's the number? Eight. Eight. And don't get snippy. I don't like you. Do you roll your eyes right there? Are you not happy with that eight? <laughs> I'm I'm more than content with the eight. Okay. All right. Bold prediction number 18. This is the, the pander to Greg and Cart for this award, but I believe it. I really do. <laughs> and maybe I don't believe this one. Cohen <laughs> Cohen Carr and George Washington the third finished top three in Big Ten freshman of the year voting. Ten. 10. I mean, it's such a pander. It's such a pander. I have to respect how much of a pander it is. Like, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. That's, yeah. 10. That's, that's 10. I was going off the assumption in this one that uh, our guy DHS is the Big Ten freshman of the year. I can't go against DHS. I've been high on him, like, since watching him at Peach Dam. But yeah, I love Cohen Carr. I'm so in on Cohen Carr. Dude, who's that explosive? I don't care if he can't shoot. You find minutes for him, you find a role for him. And George Washington the third, I haven't even watched him, but I just love these rumors about him popping off in this Marquette scrimmage and that his name is George. <laughs> this Marquette scrimmage is so detrimental to Michigan. I thought it'd be great for him. It's detrimental. Why? I I don't know. There's just it's it's just detrimental to me. There's now we got George Washington, top three freshman in the Big Ten, takes flying about. Like the season hasn't even started yet, and we've already lost the no expectations. We, we 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 were literally on feed the post with Joe Jackson the other day, and we had to have a conversation about how people are sleeping on George Washington the third. I think they are, man. I think he could be yeah, good. And, and, and exhibit A. What we can't talk like he couldn't be a dude at all. This doesn't happen if Tyler Kolick straps his Rhode Island nuts up and doesn't let it happen. <laughs> hey, don't talk about Rhode Island that way. Riley vacations there in June. Sorry. 
<laughs> All right. Prediction, prediction number 19. Dylan DeSue. <laughs> what, what is this, man? What is this show we're doing? What are we doing today? <laughs> Dylan DeSue makes an all Big 12 team, either first or second team. Zero. <laughs> like you don't like you th- 10, you think it happens? Zero, or, like, like you he's don't think- disqualified for this pick. I don't like no, it. it hell, just, no, we respect he, Dylan DeSue on this podcast. Stop that. Stop he that. Knew, he knew by pick 18 that this would just be the Carter Elliott show. Like that's what the last two picks tell me. He's, he's okay, but eating you what you I, want. But I also love Dylan DeSue. I've gone on record on the show before. Yeah, it's not just I, Carter who loves Dylan DeSue. I'm a I'm, Dylan I, DeSue guy. I, I, I'm giving you a four because I think he does. Let's go. Can you guys name me three things you each individually love about Dylan DeSue? Like you want me to go first or you want him What to do you first? love about Dylan DeSue? Uh, his first and last name start with the same letter. Uh, he rebounds extremely well. He's got like a very nice elbow game too. And he got healthier every single game he played at Tennessee until he got, I'm sorry, at Texas until he got hurt, which sucks a little bit. But when he's healthy and when he's playing, I think he is a big that gives people matchup problems. We're on the same page because the first thing I was going to say was his mid post game. The second thing I was going to say is his name is Dylan DeSue. There you go, Greg. He averaged 4.4 rebounds last year. Hold on. Let's look at the advanced numbers. Go beyond the box score, Greg. Oh, I mean, it's because he played a bunch of games where he only played nine minutes a game. But, like, that's because he's Dylan DeSue that he played nine minutes a game. Like, what are we doing, man? Like, he was top. He was top. He was 13th in offensive rebounding rate and defensive rebounding rate in the Big 12. Top 15 rebounder in the conference. If DeSue's top whatever in the Big 12, first team, that was the pick, right? First team or second team. Oh, okay. If he's a top so he can... player in the Big 12, how many players from Texas are on those teams? Are you telling me DeSue's the best player on Texas? Or are you telling me like Tyrese Hunter and Max Acemas and Dylan Mitchell and Caden Shedrick all made these teams too? I'd go one of the guards in DeSue. I'm going DeSue over Mitchell. I like that. Sue's good, man. I just think he's their Sue's one of Sue is a, Sue is a really big reason why I like Texas as much as I do. Okay, I gotta watch some Sue film, man. I, I, to me, he's just like their fifth guy. Clearly. All right, this is last pick. <laughs> I wanted to do a Gonzaga. This doesn't even fit a category. I just think Gonzaga is gonna be good again, and people are sleeping on them. And I don't know if my prediction needs to be they win Maui or they win the WCC by like three games. But I'm trusting Mark Few and that they're not going to fall off that the way some people think. So Riley, let's go. What want, Riley, what do you want me to do with that, man? Hmm? You just gave me three predictions in one. How am I supposed to? What am I supposed to do with that? My <laughs> All right, fine. Gonzaga wins Maui. Let's let's start with that. One. That's soft. One. One. That's a one. That's a one. Aren't they like the sixth best team at Maui? That's a one. Maui's loaded, man. If if a Gonzaga team was going to be against the world and few against everybody, Maui is a tournament they would win to announce themselves, and then they go to the WCC and win it by like a game or two. But they're going to win Maui, I think. <laughs> How Can you check the ABV on those Oberon <laughs> eclipses for me real quick, whatever that is? Like they're like we're just shrugging off. Gonzaga's gonna win Maui. Maui has Kansas, Marquette, 
Purdue and Tennessee and UCLA and Syracuse in it. And we're just shrugging it off that Gonzaga's winning that tournament? Sorry. Okay, I'll give you uh, – can you give a number, Greg? I, I mean, I is the, is the prediction officially just Maui? That's all it is? Yeah, Gonzaga wins Maui. That is a little softer than the first one, but, like, it's still, like, a seven, a seven or an okay. eight. Like, they're, they're the sixth best team. I'll do seven. I'll do seven. Okay. I'll take it. All right. I will add these up for you, Riley. Uh, I will say this, just visually looking at it, you had a lot of ch- – you had, like, a lot of eight and aboves. I don't think me and Greg had that many. That's good. That speaks well. Those are some bold predictions. Yes, you you did you did it right. I really think I believe these two. That's which good. maybe which I I qualified the ones that I like sort of believe, but I I believe probably ninety five percent of them. Yeah, the the one you don't is George Washington. <laughs> <laughs> we knew that it's okay. <laughs> you just thought there's a chance Jace Howard might be listening to this, and uh, you know you're networking, right? I'm trying to become a Michigan insider. <laughs> You, they want <laughs> I, they need another Davis around the program. I heard uh I mean, do you want to take this opportunity, Riley, to throw some shots? Like I, I hear there's a certain, I don't know, energy from uh Davis scoops to Davy scoops sometimes. Uh I just don't like when I'm replaced by other Davises. It's simple, it's okay. sim- simple as that. Okay. Nothing against nothing against Davis Mosley. Does terrific right. work for Michigan. Actually, I don't know. I think it, he's with Michigan anymore. But it's it's Riley Fridays. It's not Mosley Fridays. So hold that. Right, fair, fair. Mo- Mosley Mondays would slap though, Kurt. I just want to put now, some pressure on uh, Riley to be honest. No, no. I, I, we, we've discussed this. There's only one day that gets named after somebody, and it's Riley Friday. So in my contract, respect. Yeah, that's how it'll right. always be. Uh, what's our number? Did we tally it? No, I'll tell you after this. I'm not doing it right now. <laughs> okay, respect. Uh, are we going to one big thing presented by Big B? Yeah, we can do one big thing. Uh, Riley, you want to go first? Did you get Theo to sleep? Is that going to be your one big thing? What, what, what uh, you got first he, today? He's been sleeping off and on. I think as soon as I like turn the lights out, he'll be out. But uh, yeah, I do have a one big thing. And this, I don't know if this is a Midwest thing at all. I wouldn't be surprised if y'all are on this already. But I want to give a shout out to Scarves. Because it's getting cold in North Carolina. Uh, it dropped from like the 80s to the 40s in a two-day stretch. And I first picked up on scarves when I lived in Czech Republic because it's a very European thing to do. And Prague gets cold in the winter. Uh, of course, you can make a scarf work if you're wearing a nice fit. But even if you're just going out to take the dog for a walk for a neighborhood, you're wearing it with sweats. Tuck it underneath your under your jacket is a game changer. Having a, <laughs> Keeping your neck warm. I mean, it's it's enhance my walks like tenfold riley scarf discourse you expected us just to move on after you just gave a scarf discourse i'm telling you try a scarf man i respect i know you. it gets cold where y'all are at i know oh, it's, it's, i love you i hear you 100 and my neck gets cold but I've always said to myself, like, if I ever got down bad enough where I got to a point where I started robbing people, the first people I would rob and look to rob because I know that I can do it is people that wear scarves. <laughs> the idea that you've always told yourself that is so absurd. <laughs> what? You've you've literally always told yourself if you had to rob someone, it would be scarf people. 
Yeah, because I, I, that's a, I know, I know that would work. There's no way that's a thought you've ever had before. If it is, I'm so worried about you. Uh, yeah, I mean, just the the sentence, uh, like keeping the neck warm, has really changed my walk. It's just like I don't even know what to do with that. I really don't. You're never gonna beat the allegations. It's why we love you, Riley. It truly is. You play such an integral role in the dynamic here. So, uh, thank you for the scarf discourse. Also, I have a weird feeling our Discord is going to absolutely love this. Uh, like yes. our, our our Discord gravitates to some of the most inane things in the world when we like bring up random shit instead of like our detailed basketball analysis sometimes like they wanted a channel specifically for stakes so i can already see now there's going to be at least three people like we need a scarves channel and just exchange <laughs> some scarves info uh hey, they've gotten a lot of good they've gotten a lot of good commentary on random topics this episode i think it the, we, we let our hair down a little bit more uh after dark yeah, something about these nighttime episodes, man. It gets everybody on edge in a variety of ways, which is a great segue into my one big thing. I want to just give a personal apology to my lovely friend, Carter Elliott. Uh, I've been very abundantly over the top mean to this man this week. I've been hard to him. Uh, pause. I've said a lot of really mean things. I've just crossed the line probably more than normal. I don't know what it is necessarily. I think I've been overcompensating. I think I said it a couple of days ago, like my way of dealing with tragedy is through humor, but I think I've been taking my humor out in a venomous way on Carter Elliott. Cause we've been on so many calls together. We did the bleach report thing and I just kept making jokes about this man at every single way. So uh, Carter, I appreciate you putting up with me. I'm sorry. I crossed the line this week. I'll be better next week. I'll get some good sleep. I don't work this weekend, which is great. And then in like a week, I don't work at all anymore. So honestly, I think I'll be a little more refreshed going forward. And uh, I appreciate your kind words and support while I just slandered you at every stop this week, Cart. Uh, I guess I might just be oblivious or I've, I'm good with it. Like, I, I don't think you really said anything mean or out of line or out of the ordinary. So you just go ahead and operate the way you want to, my friend. And if that's what you need, go ahead. Let me have it. I'm also an easy target. I really only have myself to blame. Um, my one big thing actually is a live one big thing. Okay, fellas, I had a same game parlay, right? Same game parlay going, okay? I had Deontay Johnson, 40 plus yards. That hit pretty easily. That hit in like the first quarter, okay? I had Derrick Henry receiving yards over 12. Hit that about the second quarter. Felt good about that. I come into the last drive and I need... I don't want to butcher his name, but Akanwu to have over two and a half receptions. He hadn't had a target until the last drive. He gets three catches on the last drive alone. Okay. The last leg of it, Will Levis over half of an interception. So Will Levis to throw an interception. He throws an interception to end the game and the same game parlay hits $10 to win a hundred. That's, I mean, that's, it felt great. I literally just watched, I got the TV on behind me and I watched it happen and it happened because of you two beautiful men. And that's exactly <laughs> why you're in my top five Caucasians. Mm. Can we get the other three quickly? Uh, Michael, Sarah, Muss, Riley, Greg, cause he was mean to me. And then my uncle Joe. <laughs> I cracked the top five because I'm mean to you. Mm-hmm. I need that. <laughs> okay. I love that. Uh, all right. First of all, congratulations, Cart. We need that energy. That's great for betting this weekend, by the way. We have to write the newsletter. Uh, hopefully that's out tomorrow. Congrats. Nothing better than a same game parlay hit. By the way, if we're going to talk same game parlays, I would just like to maybe throw some good energy out into what I have cooking right now, Cart. Uh, I need 
I need six Victor Wembanyama rebounds and two Victor Wembanyama blocks to win $4,525 on a $25 bet. We're midway. What, what, what quarter? Midway through the third quarter. There's 640 left in this game. The problem is they're killing Phoenix. Wemby, like, they were up 21 at the half, and Wemby had 20 at half. Jeez. He's a killer. He's wow. a murderer. It's insane. Uh, it's on NBA TV, though, if anyone wants to watch. Go root for six Wemby rebounds and two Wemby blocks for a nice oh, day for your boy. He hit six rebounds, at least according to the box score. No, I need six more rebounds. Oh, six more. My bad. Oh, yeah. oh, oh my. I need, uh, I, need 12, I need 12 Wemby rebounds, three Wemby blocks. But all that's left, that means I need six and two more from where we're at. And we'll go over yeah. Wish it into existence, folks. All right. Great show this week. Appreciate everybody. Uh, thanks for showing love on Bleacher Report. We'll be back there on Monday. Make sure you tune in. Have a great weekend. Follow Riley Davis as well. Goodbye. You know, when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks, that's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.